This week on Florida's Fourth Estate, tough talking sheriffs on the hunt for bad guys, but some days are better than others. Like find them Friday, it's catchy. Yeah. And if they don't find them on one Friday, they're gonna look on the, next, the next Friday. Friday yeah. <laughs> A real mama's boy gets his toy taken. If you don't get there when they have them, then apparently the thing to do is follow the person who bought you the last one. You just <laughs> grab, it's like caveman time. And our guest is a University of Central Florida English professor. Dr. Beth Young teaches linguistics, and we ask her if the term monkeyed up when talking about someone black is offensive, or should we just get over it? Tables were turned, and say Andrew Gillum may have said something to Mr. DeSantis like, well, he's a cracker. Right. You know, that was- We can't cracker this up. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to Florida's Fourth Estate. My name's Matt Austin. I am here with an appropriately dressed Ginger Gadsden this week. You know, last week we said oh. we're having a podcast. I said dress casual and she comes in like a ball gown. Okay, also And I'm in a t-shirt and jeans. In. If you wanted to wear your wife beater, you should have just said so. <laughs> I mean, I can't control what you're wearing, yeah. whatever. Anywho. Hey, people have been asking us why we call this Florida's Fourth Estate. Yeah. Fourth Estate is known as the media. It's known as journalists. Mm -hmm. So that's what we are, Ginger and I. We've got more journalism experience than we'd care to mention. Probably a hundred years between us. At least a thousand years. <laughs> We've been doing this for a while. So we are journalists. We tackle the news uh, that we think Floridians care about. Handpick yeah. it for you every week and give you something to think about. Yeah, uh, hopefully you'll think about some of the things we're talking about today. And the one thing we want to discuss today with our guest, Dr. Beth Young. She's an associate professor at UCF. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here. My and pleasure. you're going to talk about why words matter. Uh, you're an English professor, but you also dabble in linguistics as well. So right. we've got a couple of stories that were, you know, they were they made the news cycle, unfortunately. And we just want to explain why that probably, you know, wasn't the best choice of words for a particular candidate that we're familiar with running for governor. And so we just wanted to have you here to clarify some things and maybe explain some things about words and their weight and why some people are offended by certain things and why some people aren't yeah. offended by certain things. So she, you're going to chime in in just a minute when we okay. ask you some questions, sure. but we're also going to talk about some of the things going on in the state of Florida and just have a little bit of a Fun with it. Yeah, we're going to have a good time here, and I'm excited to talk to you about that and the, how the context plays such a big yes, role absolutely. in words as well. But I've got to start with the story that just blew my mind this week, okay? okay? <laughs> we have some video. There is surveillance video of this particular story. So now it happens after a mom and her 34-year-old son, they go to the store, they come out of the store. They notice a guy when they buy this particular item. I'm not going to tell you the item yet, but when they buy this item, this guy follows him. There he is. They're at their car right there. There's the guy. This yeah. is the guy, his mugshot, because he made a bad decision. That's and he <laughs> so he comes out. He gets in these people's car. He punches the mom in the face who bought her son this toy. The mom's like 68. Punches the, the son in the yeah. face who's 34 years old and his mom is buying him a toy. <laughs> well, okay, there's probably something else wrong with that story too <laughs> that we won't mention. And but. so you see him here, he's arguing. He wanted this. These are things are called Funko Pops and we happen to have one of these crazy people here at our station yeah. uh, who I love. His name's Derek, but uh, this one is you recognize this person? You know what this is from? No. This is Breaking Sorry. Bad. This is Heisenberg. Uh, oh, okay. Walter okay. White. Walter White. Yeah. Uh, so some of these things, they they bought this, the Twinkie one, mm -hmm. 
for ten dollars in the cowboy hat. Don't forget that. Oh, uh, it's a Twinkie in a was cowboy. Was the last one in the store? <laughs> yeah. It, yes, it was. Uh, okay. There are only about three thousand of them in the world, apparently. Yeah. So okay. you can sell them for one hundred fifty bucks. You buy it <laughs> at Target for ten dollars. Uh-huh. You sell it for one. I've seen them in CVS. I mean, they're everywhere. But if you don't get there when they have them, then apparently the thing to do is follow the person who bought just the last punch one. Them. You just grab it's like caveman time. That was terrible. I, I just felt sad for that mom and you know Yeah, that is whatever. bad. I'm waiting for a do? ginger Funko Pop. I'd punch somebody for that one. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you'd punch me. I know you totally would punch no. me. No, oh yes. I know. I, I like these. They're they're adorable. And this one's Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you pay hundred really, bucks for it? I paid nothing. I also borrowed it from Derek and he'll be he'll be getting that yeah. back. Okay, the other thing we wanted to talk about, you know, we are known to have some tough talking sheriffs here in the state of Florida. And I think a lot of them got the idea from Joe Arpaio out in Arizona. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like you make the the prisoners wear pink and do all kinds of things. It's almost like scare tactics. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so we want to show you a clip of what one city is doing here in the state of Florida, what they're doing. Find on Friday is really an initiative where we're asking the community to join in with us on the crime fight. There's certain individuals that may have fled the area, and really our best resource is the community out there. They know what's going on. Find them Friday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Melbourne Police Department, they've come up with that. You know, they're like, find them Friday. It's catchy. Yeah. And if they don't find them on one Friday, they're going to look on the, on next, the next Friday. Friday. Yeah, they'll take six <laughs> days off. And th- this comes from a bunch of other sheriffs. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so in Flagler County, they have the fugitive uh, wheel of something. Wheel of fugitives. Ju- fugitive. Yes, yeah. a- exactly. And then I think, I can't remember the other one. It was like it was a... Belusia, bingo. right? Yeah, it was... It was oh, a scumbag. Mike Chitwood. <laughs> yeah. Scumbag of the week or the month or the year, whatever. But it, the fact that he can get away with calling people scumbags, yeah. I don't know. I think it's starting a trend. Like if you could, if you have find him Friday, maybe you can have manhunt Monday Ooh. or tear him apart Tuesday. <laughs> Come on. You got a good word for a Wednesday. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, we'll get you Wednesday. Hey, all right. Yes, all right. Your credentials are good. <laughs> we tested you. You passed. But don't you want them to look for criminals every day of the week? Yes. Well, they could always have found him Friday. Friday, when oh. they find them on a different day, oh, that's and then on true. Friday they just say, found them. I like a good follow-up yeah. story. Yeah. That's good. Awesome. Speaking of uh, finding things, either you've been attacked by a gator lately? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Let me see. Apparently, mm. uh, no. it's on the rise. So the, they just did a study about this. Back in the 80s, you know, alligators were endangered in our state. I'm going to try not to bump this microphone anymore. Yeah, okay. Uh, they were endangered on the endangered species list. Now we're the endangered ones. Yeah. Okay. So back between, in the 90s, there was one attack every three years. I don't know if you watch the news, but that is not the case anymore. (laughs) There are about seven attacks per year. We cover them a lot. We do. I mean, you know, we are kind of in their house now. So it's like if you were going to build a house where I live, then I feel like I have to... <laughs> Sounds like the right thing to do to me. I, I mean, you just have to respect them. And they've been around for millions of years, so I feel like they know how to survive, and we're in trouble. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, what would you do if a gator attacked you? Do you have Do you have a plan in place? Run zigzag. No, Don't do that. I know it's a myth. Do not repeat that fake news <laughs> on our podcast. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In the eyeball. Yeah. I always thought eyeballs, but turns yeah. out one of the few gator attacks where someone actually survived. You remember this one? It was a I moss don't. park in Central Florida. 
this girl was getting oh, bit by yes. a gator and she took her yes. fingers she In jammed the, uh, it into the nose of the gator she had the presence wow. of mind to do that yeah. and that thing let her go somebody sticks fingers up my nose uh, i'm done i'm out well you probably shouldn't be biting them I'm just saying, just Listen, a little advice to, to you. We don't need to talk uh, about my weekend. Okay, so the other thing we want to talk, the final thing, and this really gets me going because Pluto. Oh, don't even get me Was started. downgraded to a dwarf planet. This was like 12 years ago, yeah. right? Okay, so now they're saying, and it's a UCF professor. You guys are, are amazing. You guys are on uh, it. Yeah, exactly. UCF professor, his name is Philip Metzger. Say he, his name because he's a hero. Philip, we love you. <laughs> uh, he is on the case saying that Pluto should have never been downgraded to a dwarf planet. And I can't even explain exactly why. I just know that I have feelings for Pluto. Yeah. So I'm happy to hear that it may be on the, you know, the rise again as a planet. Uh -huh. And the other reason is because I learned my planets in elementary school with Pluto. It's a very... Oh, I can't remember my how I learned very it. Educated yes, yes. She okay. has a PhD, everybody. Yeah. No, but mine was <laughs> she remembers that mine stuff. was many very early morning. Jack sat under Neptune playing. That's what it was wow. when I learned it. Okay. And so, if you drop the P, well, that it doesn't just, make any sense. None of it really makes sense. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just glad that Pluto is going to come back. And Neil deGrasse Tyson, if you ever hear this, I blame you. Yeah, it's his fault. <laughs> you know, it just makes science look bad. It me. does. If you're changing facts, you tell me all throughout my childhood that Pluto is a planet, and, and then, then you all snatch of a sudden it away. you're like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. It's just a big rock floating out there. It makes science look bad. Yeah, you know, it really one, does. one time I went to the Grand Canyon, and they were, were like, how did the Grand Canyon form? And the tour guide was like, oh, well, uh, if you came here last year, it would have been something different. But this year, it turns out that the Earth shifted. And I'm like, what do you mean? No, That's not a fact. It. You can't change, change facts. I think yeah. it makes science look good. Because science is supposed to change as our knowledge changes. Well, there you go, being all smart. And we have to listen to her. Because <laughs> all right, well, she has the PhD. She's the one with the PhD at I'm the table. I'm not going to challenge yeah. that. Someone else who does not have a PhD, though, besides the two of us, the guy you're about to talk Your about. Your Floridiot <laughs> of the week. It's time. Oh, all right. my god. We just got to show you the video. If you're listening to this, I'm going to describe it for you. You might have seen it on social media. There is a gentleman on I-95. Mm. I shouldn't call him a gentleman. He's riding a really nice Harley Davidson motorcycle, shirtless, no shoes on. Oh. He is laying back against what appears to be a backpack. I don't and know. he's not using his hands on the wheel. He's got his feet up and he is steering with it. Part of me is a little bit impressed that he can do this mm. as someone who rides a motorcycle. But the, the other part of dad me part of you thinks if you if I ended up stopping my car for some reason mm -hmm. and you plow your stinking motorcycle into the back seat where my <laughs> kids are, I'm gonna call you a gigantic idiot. So that is your floor idiot of the week. He's sitting in that thing like it's a recliner. I don't even yeah. understand how it's happening. I really don't. But anyway, he I, has the balance of a ninja. I'll I, give him that. But he whatever. doesn't have the brains of a. Of anything. Ninja. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there. How do you like that, <laughs> buddy? You told him. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to get a little serious for a, a little while now, which is yeah. why we have Dr. Young here with us today. You know, we are talking about the importance of words, and we're in this business. We're journalists because we, we love words, and we know the power of words, as do you, because mm -hmm. you are an English professor, and you also teach a linguistics course as well. Tell us right. a little bit about your background. Well, um, I uh, grew up around here, and I have a PhD in rhetoric, linguistics, and literature. I've been teaching at UCF for about 20 years. Yeah. 
That's, that's incredible. Okay, so when we invited you on, we wanted to talk about, we just had the primary here in Florida, mm -hmm. and the race for governor got a little contentious. We have... Quick, it took uh, it, about 12 hours. Yeah, after the primary is over. Tuesday night, you know, we uh, announced that Andrew Gillum had won the Democratic uh, nomination and on the Republican side, Ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. And so maybe about 12 hours later, Ron DeSantis is on Fox News, and we want to just listen to what he says. Mm -hmm. You know, he is an articulate spokesman for those far-left views, and he's a charismatic candidate. And, you know, I watched those Democrat debates. None of that was, was my cup of tea. But I mean, he performed better than the other people there. So, so we've got to work hard to make sure that we continue Florida going in a good direction. Let's build off the success we've had on Governor Scott. The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state. Every time I've heard it a hundred times now, and every time I hear it, it is as cringeworthy as the first time mm -hmm. I heard it. And there are a few things in that statement. First of all, he starts by saying he's articulate, articulate. Right. and then he also used the word he's a better performer. That sounded a little suspect to, to my ears. But then when you get to the part where he says, monkey it up, mm -hmm. as an African-American person hearing that, it was like a slap in the face. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about why that was a really poor choice uh, of words? And even if he doesn't understand what he said, why should he have not used that? Well, he definitely shouldn't have used an animal term when he was talking about his opponent. I mean, it dehumanizes people. And then when you bring in words like monkey that have historically been used to dehumanize black people, that's even worse. It's interesting because watching it, it's so much more cringeworthy when you see him in the split screen mm -hmm. with Andrew Gillum on one side and he's on the left saying these things that have been used in racist ways. That makes it seem so much worse than just reading about it. When I first heard about this quote, I read it and it, you know, I thought, well, I can see why people are bothered by it, but eh, maybe he didn't really mean it that way. But when you see him on the split screen, it just emphasizes that these are offensive words and here he is saying them. So, and also the way he says them. Sure, um, but does it make it any better even if he didn't know it was offensive? I don't think it makes it any better that he used the word. If people are offended, people have a right to be offended, they should say they're offended. Now, if you want to say that guy is a total racist and he shouldn't be allowed in the company of decent people ever again for the rest of his life, to me, I would want to see more than just a one-time say an offensive thing, or I guess we could say two times, because yeah. just articulate is iffy also so in that context. Tell us about articulate, because mm -hmm. You hear that a lot, still to sure. this day, and it makes me cringe as a white guy uh, right. to hear it, and I hear people say it all the time. Right. Why is that particular word, give us some background on articulate as, a, as to why that's so offensive. Well, like a lot of words, the word articulate acquires its offensiveness by the way it's used. Mm -hmm. So through history, people have used it to describe African American people as sort of a Wow, you wouldn't expect that person could put two words together, but look, that guy's articulate, as though it's unusual for somebody to be well-spoken. And um, so that's why it, it has taken on that tinge of being racist and offensive. It's because of the way that it's used in the past. Now, Joe Biden used that word to, dis to describe uh, Barack Obama, and then 
he turned out to be Barack Obama's vice president. So, yeah. um, and it was offensive when when Vice President Biden used the word, and um, people called him out on it. And uh, I think a lot of us learn by seeing when somebody else screws up, and we learn not to use that word. But it's offensive just because it sort of tends to imply the opposite. Why you wouldn't expect a guy to be articulate. Well, why wouldn't you have expected Barack Obama to be articulate? It's so I mean, not a compliment. Right, right, <laughs> right. Now, um, you know, but I think that it's compounded in this case because he said articulate. Maybe he just meant to say this guy presented his ideas better than anybody else on the Democratic stage. And then say that. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And um, but then to follow that up with the monkey, monkey this up comment that was... Um, that just sort of brings it home that here's this white guy talking about this African-American guy and mm -hmm. saying things that are. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it, we have words historically that everyone knows that those words are off limits. And, right. you know, the N word is the, the right. one big one that right. we don't say. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about, you know, monkeyed up, that's another word where, you know, classically and typically African-Americans have been depicted as, you know, a simian, as some kind, right. kind of ape-like uh, animal or creature, which is why that is so offensive. So it's how can you offensive. not know from that history, this is a person who wants to lead our state. Right, exactly. He should have known better. Now, there are phrases with monkey that people use that are not necessarily racist. I mean, for example, go to the zoo, you're in the primate house, People know you're talking about the animal. You call sure. the animal by its mm -hmm. name. But even things like, oh, you know, don't don't monkey with that VCR or DVR, I guess, nowadays. Um, don't monkey with that DVR. That's not necessarily going to be perceived as a racist thing. Yeah. So that's why I think it's important to look at the person who's speaking and the entire background of that person and the things that they do, because it's possible that somebody would use that phrase and not intend to be racist. I mean, for us, my mom, that was her nickname for us. I'm from a family of 15 kids, mm -hmm. and so I think sometimes she just didn't remember our names, so she would just, <laughs> you know, use that as a term of endearment right. for us, and that's, right. you know, but that's different. Right. It is different. It's different how the person means it, and I think the problem here is that there's a lot of distrust, and rightly so, distrust with um, some people on the conservative side of the political spectrum just because of um, some of the very, very unambiguously racist things that have been said from right-wing people. And people are calling what he said, I've heard the word thrown around a lot, a, a dog whistle is what they're saying. It is right. kind of like a, a word that you could use to slide in there to show sort of other people who feel you know, maybe they're racist, uh, they're yeah. like, hey, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. That's, which kind of does characterize him as being a racist, which, you know, maybe it was two mistakes mm -hmm. in a couple of sentences. Mm -hmm. uh, there is that possibility. But there also is a reason people use terms like this. Exactly. Exactly. People do use terms as dog whistles, and I think it's important that we watch out for those because it's not the kind of society we want to live in. Sure. And, yeah. you know, we talked about something else that I, and I liked it. I think you called it the treadmill. Yeah, the euphemism treadmill. Yes, the euphemism right. treadmill, where some words were used to describe, and we're going to talk about more than just African Americans in a moment, but... Mm -hmm. uh, Newsflash, I'm black, so I'm really interested in it. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, when initially we were called the N-word, and then that was softened to be uh, colored or, or, or another word, and then it was black, and then African-American. Tell us a little bit about, you really have to just be up to date and just 
be aware mm -hmm. of what has changed. Right. Language changes, and it changes because we use language to do things. So there are some slurs that are just invented to be slurs, and they're just offensive because that was the whole reason somebody made it up, was to say something offensive mm -hmm. and hurt you. But then there are other words that were neutral, but because our society hasn't been neutral about the people that the word's applied to, the word eventually picks up the taint or the filth that it rolls around in, and we have to switch words because we don't want to be using those connotations anymore. So the N-word is the classic one that it, um, you could argue that it was originally used as a neutral word. Now, I don't know how neutral it can be when it's describing people who are enslaved, but still, mm -hmm. it wasn't the hugely offensive word that it has become, and we've replaced it through the years with other terms that have gradually, because our society hasn't been fair, these new terms have gradually picked up those bad connotations also. So uh, Negro at one point was a neutral term, but mm -hmm. now it doesn't seem like a neutral term. Colored is another one. We have the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Which we never say right. what that is. Okay. <laughs> because now the, the term colored has picked up those bad connotations, and it's picked up the connotations because of how people are using it and what our society is like. Mm -hmm. So as long as we have a society where people are mistreated or where there's racial bias, the words to use to describe those people are going to seem bad. To get it to a different people, um, nobody's offended if you say somebody is an Englishman or a Frenchman, but if you start talking about a Chinese person as a Chinaman, there are people that will be very offended. That's not because there's something intrinsic to the word that makes it bad. It's because it was used to describe people in ways that were bad. We used it to, uh, to slur people. And so now the word is perceived as a slur. And, and it doesn't just go by you know, what you are physiologically as a you know a Italian person or a black person it also can be your gender right and uh, most notably just not long ago President Trump referred to Omarosa in a tweet a really fiery tweet in which he called her a dog mm -hmm. some people thought that was racist on top of sexist mm -hmm. uh, some are saying it says it's kind of hard to <laughs> divvy up the, yeah. the levels of offense yeah. where do you see the word dog in reference to an African-American woman well, anytime you're describing someone as an animal, that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we should just stop dehumanizing people that way. <clears throat> I think with President Trump, part of the issue was people went back to say, well, who else did he call a dog? And if he's calling black women dogs more than once, then it starts to seem like that's his private code, his go-to insult for, for a black woman. Yeah. And so the other thing I found interesting is that many of these words didn't start out and have nothing to do with racism at all, but it's been maybe appropriated by a certain group. And the, the one word that I think we talked about was chink, mm -hmm. because when Jeremy Lin, uh, I can't remember what basketball team he was the playing Knicks. for, the Knicks, okay. And so when he was playing, and then he, he was playing well, and then he wasn't playing well, someone wrote a headline, chink in the armor, and people oh. were... <laughs> Oh, I remember so that. Yeah. People and, went crazy. Yes. yes, and so that word, though, has nothing to do with people of Asian descent. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, okay, when you first mentioned it, I didn't connect it with the Jeremy okay. Lin story. So it's kind of a pun in that story. I looked up the word chink, and there are actually, in the Oxford English Dictionary, there are 10 different kinds of words chink that have nothing to do with each other historically. So there was a chink that meant um, a gasp for breath, which I have never heard, but... Um, <gasps> 
Yeah, like a. <gasps> oh my And then there's the chink. That's the sound you make when you clink your glasses together. There's a chink a that means like a kink, and it just uh, some people said chink, some people said kink, uh -huh. um, and and there's a chink that means like a, a hole in something. Something's kind of broken apart and left a little space. And so chink in the armor comes from that, and that has no racial connotations whatsoever, except that it sounds like another word, chink, which is usually spelled with a capital C, which is a very offensive term for a Chinese person. And it comes from that, just a modification of the word Chinese. So I had not associated it with the Jeremy Lin story, but now that I say, okay, it's a headline about an Asian, I, okay, I can see why people yeah. were very, very offended. Like, don't make puns with racial slurs, people. That's just not yeah. a so many rules. <laughs> just avoid those. Just avoid yeah. racial slurs. If you want to keep yes. your job and yes. your livelihood. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I just want to bring it to myself for a moment here. Uh, I'm Italian, at least uh, according to Ancestry.com. I'm somewhat Italian okay. and a lot of other things. Uh, I haven't heard many racial slurs in recent years uh, for Italians, but let's say the word guinea. Mm -hmm. or WAP. Those mm -hmm. are a couple of the words uh, directed at some of my ancestors. Where do those mm -hmm. come from? Well, uh, nobody knows for sure, but the WAP people think comes from the word guapo, which I guess meant handsome, so guapo. Well, and you can go, call me guapo. that any day you want. <laughs> well, now it's not really an insult, is it? Uh, but, well, it has been, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. But um, <laughs> She's like, I would throw yeah, that around, yeah, Ginger. No. And then uh, Guinea comes from the country, and so it was more of a reference to skin color, so a brown person, not necessarily an Italian person, but also a Spanish person could have been called a Guinea. Okay. All right, I've always yeah. just been curious. Like, people yeah, call you, you things, you don't know. even know you what they mean. You never know. Well, there's a theory that WAP comes from without papers, um, but that's oh. not true. It's, oh, okay. People love finding acronyms. Like, they'll say, oh, well, this word, you know, and they take each letter and figure out what it must sure. have stood for. But, you know, 99% of the time, that's not that's where not it came true. from. Yeah. That's fake news. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> there you go. And the, what I think is so interesting about language and how we use it, and you said it earlier, it, it can it changes mm -hmm. because it's a living thing, right? right? Right. But we have, we don't even know we're offending people sometimes when we say things. And we had the discussion about certain fruit. If you mm -hmm. mention it in a certain way, it can be insulting to people. Mm -hmm. And I think, I haven't seen the movie yet, but you have. It's right. Crazy Rich Asians. And right. they use one of those references. They do, yes. One what are they doing? Well, one character says to the other one, well, I think she thinks you're a banana. You know, Asian on the outside and white on the inside. And then the other can can uh, character says, I know what a banana is. <laughs> and, um, What's a banana, I guess? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and there are a lot of words like that that people have appropriated to be insulting. So... Um, um, Twinkie, uh, coconut, I'm sure I'm forgetting some, apple. Um, what does apple mean? Uh, red on the outside, like if you're a Native American on the oh, outside. But okay. And then I also learned that people will flip it around. So if you feel you're Asian on the inside but white on the outside, you could be an egg. I did not know that. Well, but. that's a new one. Uh, a food got me in trouble once with you. <laughs> Do you remember this? Oh, yes. Well, it was. Okay. It, well, but, you know... Uh, you knew that I didn't have any. This was no completely clue. dumb None white whatsoever. guy moment. All right, somebody and, and, dropped and, and, off. What did they drop off in the newsroom? Moon pies. Moon pies. Uh. I, 
I never even I've heard of a moon pie like once in my life. Somebody yes. drops like a pallet of them in the I newsroom. Know. And so it, it was like I was like, you probably don't need to be, you know, shouting that around or whatever. Because when I grew up, it was like moon pie and grape soda or moon pie and something else. It was all it was like an insult or something. Huh. Have you heard about that? I had not heard about that. Oh my yeah, god. god. Am I the only yeah. one who's heard? No, because I was eating one of these things in the newsroom. <laughs> I've got no idea of a racial connotation. I look yeah. and there were other people around, but Ginger's you know, one of my besties. So I look back and I'm like, hey, you eat one of these things? And she goes, and I was like, why are you why offering are you me a moon pie? <laughs> <laughs> I was so, I was offended I, I, slightly, but then I know, I'm like, he, does, he has no idea. Is it because idea. it's I'm, dark on the outside and wet on the inside? I don't or even is it know because why of who eats it like I'm, I'm watermelon? I'm so flustered or, right now. I'm knocking yeah. over. Yeah, I can't even remember, but I just know growing up, and I'm from South Carolina, so mm-hmm. a, a lot of things. She are, goes, why are you asking me this, man? And I'm like, <laughs> and I didn't even, she, I'm like, did I just say something racist? Sometimes I do that just to make you feel uncomfortable. Well, mission accomplished. Because <laughs> I did not know what I was going on. But it, it, you can stumble into things right. sometimes, but I think it's important if you do to uh, yes. own up. And, of course, you know. of course. And then stop doing but it. Yeah, never do that yes. again. That brings me to my other point. Many people will say things and they don't understand. Maybe Mr. DeSantis didn't know that was offensive. But, you know, I've seen people and heard people We in the newsroom. We, we deal with words all the time. And so one of the animals always getting into our trash raccoons Mm -hmm. and so I had to explain to someone why you can't shorten that to coons Mm, yeah (laughs) and it was you know and it's it's someone who's younger and I know they don't know right but I feel like if you use that word and you you're asking me to say it on air you should know why excuse me you should know why it's offensive right so and and that's another I mean you're you're equating someone to an animal again but right why is that one offensive? Well, I don't know. I did not look that one up before we came, but you know, a but lot of times, is. a lot of times, these are because of a perceived physical resemblance mm-hmm. or a sound resemblance. So that would be why. And I should say, I think if someone's an experienced politician, they should know better. So yeah. um, you know, I don't want to seem like I'm like, oh well, people don't know. I mean, I sure. know, yeah. so I don't see any reason why other people shouldn't know. But I think overall, our best bet is to try to educate people about things, and um, you know, to understand that language changes, so that older people, for example, might word use a word that's really, or a, a much younger person might use a word that's really offensive but may legitimately not know why. Yeah, and we should say DeSantis's camp did come out and they said, this is ridiculous, that wasn't a racist That's statement. That's not what he meant, yes. That is not what he meant to yeah. say. But see, um, say but I think people response. wanted an apology. I think yeah. they wanted a little That's more That's what I was going to say. Yeah. If you say something and you don't know that it's offensive, I know someone who accidentally used the word, well, didn't accidentally use the word jip, not realizing that yeah. it was an yeah. offensive word. And then when it was pointed out, gosh, that word is super offensive, she apologized, and that's what you do. You you learn, you apologize, you don't do it again. I mean, yeah. we don't get to dictate whether other people are offended by the things that we say that are offensive. Mm-hmm. So, sure. And another word that has recently become kind of cool to say uh, that is offensive that I learned, savage. Really? And, uh, okay. I had a weatherman one time on one of my newscasts. He said, oh, this is savage. Mm-hmm. And a few people called in and were really and upset, were upset because yeah. they said that's a derogatory term toward Native Americans. I've not heard Americans. that one, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, and I can totally I can see. Yeah, even if you yeah. don't know the origin, you can kind of see, like, oh, I can see how that right. today in, in today's person. culture, it's like, oh, that was savage. That was amazing. Yeah. You know, that guy's awesome. You know, yeah. so it, it, it gets hard when older terms kind of 
meet the new world and not right. everybody is caught up right. with sure. what's going on. But if they're not caught up, say it's an older generation, like I feel like sometimes people in their maybe 70s and 80s get a pass because, you know, they say things like, to a grown woman, they'll mm -hmm. call a grown woman a girl, or an adult man a boy, mm -hmm. or son, things like that that would in the past be considered offensive, and they have not exactly caught up with why that's mm -hmm. offensive. Mm -hmm. Do you think they can get a pass? I wouldn't necessarily say get a pass. What I would say is it's important for us to pay attention to the whole context of where something is used and then to adjust our outrage or our hurt feelings as much as we can in a way that fits that. So, um, you know, there are some people that are offensive on purpose. They're just going to be offensive. They think that makes them more honest or more forthright or whatever. Um, and, you know, am I going to give them a pass? No, because they're on purpose offending me. Someone who offends me accidentally, do I just give them a pass as in, oh, I, I'm not even going to mention it? Well, maybe sure. if I'm never going to see the person again, mm -hmm. I won't, I'll just let it go. But, you know, I don't know if I like the idea of giving somebody a pass in, in the way that implies that, oh, it's okay. Some people get to say this and other people don't. But that's what happens with the N-word. That's true. Because that's true. we, like, I can say, I wouldn't say it, but I can say it, mm -hmm. but you can't. That's true. And, you know, we have rappers who sing about it. Right. But you but better, you, can, you better not right. be singing along with it. I, right. you know? Someone recommended that I listen to is Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. So this guy is amazing. Mm -hmm. He's, and so I'm like, great, I'm going to listen to him. So I'm at my desk. I have headphones on. I pull him up on YouTube and Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not you know, I'm like yeah. is my speaker on? Like what, know. you know, know. so it's, it's, it's terrifying. Tough. It's tough. And he right. was one where, you know, he, asked a young lady to come up on stage recently mm -hmm. and sing along with one of his songs and it had the n-word in it mm -hmm. well she didn't look like him yeah. but she sang the song and the word wow. as it is in the song right. and he stopped her he's like whoa 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 and i got a little upset because i'm like it can't be both ways how is she to know that this lyric and this song that you invited her up to see yeah. to sing and you see her so right. you know you know <laughs> man that is a, that's a that's, rough circle I, yeah, it, it really tough. is yeah. it really yeah. is and she was so apologetic about it but she was right. having the best time right. and just singing, singing along cuz her you know because she loves his music exactly. and she's there at the show right exactly right. so but it's I, I it's a word i don't think it's ever okay for anyone to say mm -hmm. but Rappers say it all the time, a lot of people say and it. people say it in our culture mm -hmm. as a term of endearment, which I, I don't understand. But you know, I I can't tell them not to use it. I can mm -hmm. just say I'm not comfortable with it, and I don't use it. Right. Well, again, I think it comes down to the fact that we use language to accomplish our purposes. So just like a perfectly neutral word can end up being a slur, like the word crippled, which was neutral once, or handicapped, mm -hmm. and now that's not neutral anymore. Yeah. Um, it's the same way that when we use words that are a slur, there are people that can use them, and in the context they're using them, they're not intended as a slur, and they're not taken as a slur. And so I don't think we'll ever be able to say, oh, well, this particular word is always going to be off limits forever, or this word is never going to be off limits, or a word for this thing. You know, even you can't even say, like, well, you never should ever use a word for a body part because every body part we might have a medical reason to mention, so we sure. have okay words for them. Um, so what we're left with then is trying to assess the context of the way the words are used. And on one hand, it's a little harder, but on, another, on the other hand, it's something we do all the time. We say things 
And we mean something completely different than the words we say, and we do it all the time. So for example, if someone were to come over and say, gosh, it's getting late, well, we wouldn't, uh, or even what time is it, we wouldn't necessarily answer with the time. We would maybe take that as a message of, oh, this is going on too long. Or, ah. or if you say it's cold in here, the person you say it to might get up and change the temperature, change the thermostat, or bring you a blanket or something. Sure. Because we, as people, that's how we use language. We use it to convey ideas, and sometimes what we're conveying doesn't match the the dictionary definition of the words, mm -hmm. but when there's a, a choice between responding to someone's intent and responding to someone's words, nine times out of ten we respond to the intent, and we do it naturally, we don't even think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know we talked about the word crippled not being an acceptable word or mm -hmm. not being used in that way anymore. Another word I feel has changed over the years, but people still use it in casual conversation. And every time I hear it, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard, and oh, it's the R word. Right. And, but some people feel like just if you do something silly, they will say, oh, you're so this. Right. And it just is so, to me, it's offensive. Right, right. Well, that's, I think there's people who use words that are offensive because they just don't know. And then there are people who know that the word's kind of offensive, but they feel like, well, the way I use it, it shouldn't it's offend funny. anybody. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. I, you know, I called my dog that or whatever. Well, that doesn't necessarily make it okay, because if it's a word that's perceived as offensive, you're going to offend people. So um, that still, I think the solution there is to educate. I don't think most people think that offending is what they want to set out to do. I mean, there are people that they set like out to, to offend. So. Right. Yeah. But, but I think most people, even in that situation, if you say to them, you know, you may think it's funny, but a lot of people are not going to take it that way. And do you really want to offend? I think most people would stop. Yeah. And I mean, what do you think would have happened if the tables were turned and say Andrew Gillum may have said something to Mr. DeSantis like, well, he's a cracker. Right. You know, that would... We can't cracker this up. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't make as much... It would, it, uh, it would, would. Neither of them made it's, sense, but... No, no. Well, monkey this up has in its favor. It's a phrase that has been used in non-racial context. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it's something he should have said. I think if you're a politician, just erase that verb. Like, never use yeah. it. Sure. Just forget it. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with articulate. Just let that one go. Um, Obviously, I think if uh, if Gillum had used a word cracker to refer to, to Ron DeSantis, people would have been offended. They should have been offended. Yeah. However, I don't think cracker has anywhere near the power of some of the racial slurs that are used for African Americans. And again, that's because of our history. We've just treated African Americans a whole lot worse than we've treated white Southern people. So yeah. It's true. I, that is not a, if someone called me a cracker, that is not something that I would even... You know, do you think it's something I wouldn't tasty lose sleep and delicious? Over it. I think what, are we talking Ritz or are we talking saltines? <laughs> yeah, what do we and, have? You know, yeah. And, I, and I only use it in the context of you know presenting the the argument for the story. Yeah. I would right. never call someone that no. as well. So no, I don't think I've even heard anybody called that as a slur. But it is a good example <laughs> of. A... I can't even think of it. It's just not. It doesn't dawn on you to use that kind of language. Right. You know, and especially in what we do anyway. Yeah. It's right. true. And right. uh, there's actually a festival in Central Florida called the Cracker Festival. Okay. And people might show up there thinking that 
it has something to do with crackers. No, like that is not no. the case. Really, no. it does not. I th I want to say it, it there has is to do a, with the sound of the whip, right? There is so, a, isn't ah. that the, there's actually well, a person is, there cracking a whip. Okay, yes. so that's one of the meanings of cracker. Originally, cracker was used to mean somebody who lies, which I did not know until I looked it up. So I don't know where the slur meaning came from, but it could be that it came out of that somebody who brags a lot and lies. Sure. Um, although I don't know that I would necessarily think that was a stereotypical feature of. I, I, I don't know. But yeah. I didn't see anything that specifically said where the slur came from. Yeah. Hmm. But there's a, a lot of words that people will deliberately try to reclaim. So, for example, I'm an adopted person, and I joined a group that is called, well, I don't know if I can say it, but it's a B-word nation. Um, Bastard, I don't know. Oh, okay. yeah. I was, I was, I was thinking like, the other Ooh. one. Okay. No, not, no, not that. <laughs> it's like with so many words yeah, here. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, so like what's hilarious. she going to say? That's hilarious. Drop yeah, the like, email dog on us. So, you know, and there was a time that that was, you know, a real offense. Oh, but, sure. But people who were adopted were like, yeah, well, so what? You know, my parents weren't married, and then I was adopted, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I know someone who was adopted and was informed by someone at her church that she was never going to go to heaven because she was a bastard, and that was just all there was to it. Wow. And that was a long time ago, and uh, I don't think the I word has I hope it was a really the, long time ago. <laughs> yeah, the word doesn't have the same impact now <laughs> like that it did. Ages. But the group chose it as a name to say, hey, you know, we're not second class citizens. We're here and we have rights and we're not ashamed. And you can see that also in other areas that people will take a word that's been historically used as a slur and they use it for themselves and it's a way of reclaiming it and saying, no, you can't have this word. In fact, I've heard that argument about the that, I was just going to yeah. say, I think yeah. that's what the, the reasoning and the rationale right. is behind right. using the N word. Yeah, I it's think like, that's our word, you can't use yeah, it. Yeah, it's not, it's not your word anymore. Ladies, yeah. is there anybody we've left out to offend tonight? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm offended, Matt. <laughs> I'm offended by your offense. You know, it's just, but I, I, I'm so happy we're having this conversation it's because important. you know we still have a lot of time to go not a whole lot before the actual election in November mm -hmm. and we just want to make sure that on either side I don't care what your party affiliate mm -hmm. is that you don't you know refer to your opponent as an animal right. or, or anything else for that right. matter right be respectful call people what they want to be called and uh, life will be a lot better for everybody maybe just talk about some issues i don't yeah, know, hey, know. Maybe, what a concept hey, what? Can I, you know, that's can we keep crazy working? talk yeah. got some red tide and algae you could maybe deal with yeah. how about that yeah, that's, uh, you know, but I feel a lot better about just knowing the origin of some of those words. And maybe I hope other people will hear this yeah. and know why some of those words are so offensive. Why they hurt. Yeah, yeah. It, right. it really does. And you don't want to, you know, constantly be reminded that you're mm -hmm. articulate because what do you expect it? It's right. like yeah. if he wants to be governor, right. of course he's going right. to be well-spoken. It's like calling somebody clean. Like, excuse <laughs> Which me? Which Joe yeah. Biden did for Barack Obama. He did also. <laughs> oh well, that, but we could do a whole show <laughs> on Biden. <laughs> Biden. Yeah, that's right. It was like he was a clean, fresh, clean young man. Yeah, I think, I think, I think uh, yes, yeah, you're right. Like, oh, I do remember that. I do saying? remember that. Yeah, I don't think he would say that anymore. I think, no, yeah. I don't think so either. He's in his 70s, so you have grace for him. <laughs> He gets uh, a pass. No, he doesn't. No, he, he didn't doesn't. get a pass, no, and he, he shouldn't. shouldn't. No, right. he shouldn't. Anyway. Well, this was a good talk. Thank you very much for joining us. Well, All right. Thank so, you very we, much. Dr. Beth Young with the University of Central Florida. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here. This is yeah. really. I, I love talking to you. Yeah. And thank you. It was interesting. It was fun. It really is. It good stuff. Really Next nice. week on Florida's Fourth Estate, we are talking to Mark O'Mara, George Zimmerman's <laughs> attorney. Remember this guy? Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the Stand Your Ground Law.
it is going to be fascinating because wow. we've got about three or four big cases and stories right now yeah. surrounding the standard. And he's Brown. an interesting character oh. or, or, or gentleman, I should say. See, I called him a character. That's <laughs> I, I was offensive. Wait, offend him before. And <laughs> now we up. just had to cancel the show. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank Ginger you. Gadsden, I'm Matt Austin. Thanks for joining us on Florida's Fourth Estate.